um, actually, I, I found out this morning something really fascinating that this stuff's actually in the Bible. That it's it's a real important. Yeah, yeah, Cyril. He questioned me on it, and then he actually answered himself. What was that, Cyril? Where did it come from? Numbers nineteen. That the. So there you go. The preacher needs to drink Red Bull uh, to be purified for the bringing of the word. So that's. <laughs> I said it was for my purification. No, I'm just holding. <laughs> so, anyway, we might um, do it a little bit different. I'm not going to read the scriptures now. I'm going to get different people to because I hear my voice all the time and let's make this a bit more interactive. That's thing. We, we sung a, a song before. Um, about some wise men traveling. And you'd find the story in Matthew 2 about when they, when they travel. But all of a sudden, there was a group of men, don't know how many, it was more than three, we can guarantee that. And in a caravan, they had lots of, lots of gold and different elements and that. It wasn't at the same day that Jesus was born, they rocked up. It was anywhere within the first two years of his life that they actually came across him. And they brought a whole bunch of gifts, but they were traveling to come and do one thing, and that was to worship God as he appeared and as he was revealed to us. And so with that, like when, when we think about Christmas and running at Christmas, I think it's a really good thing just to remind ourselves and to just have a bit of a talk about what worship looks like and what it actually is and what it actually entails, because this is the base verse of who we are as a church. And so let me just get someone to read that for us so I don't have to listen to my own voice for Amen. So here, here we have the, one of the base things on which we were formed as a church, something that we believe is prophetic, spoken over us, and there we find the key objective that we're actually meant to do, praise God, and actually bring praise and declare praises and, and bring worship. And I'm, I'm really curious because, I mean, I grew up in church, and so I heard the words praise and worship like pretty much all my life. That's just been a natural thing and part of my language. Can, can I ask someone that didn't grow up in church, maybe you've only been around church for the last year or a couple of years, when you think of the word praise, what would be a definition that you would give it? Think for a moment. I, I'm not expect you to go, oh, yeah, no, I've got that because you're a walking dictionary. But... For us that grow up in the church, it means one thing. These are words that have a particular meaning for us as Christians, but um, I'm just trying to work out in, in regular English, Logan City language, what does praise mean? What? Like what? Telling him he's cool? Special. Oh, you're so special at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's special. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Cool, thank you. What about worship? 
What's, what's that look like? If we took your, pre, your pre-Jesus experience, um, pre-Jesus experience of what that word would be defined as. Obviously, as Christians, we've got an understanding of what worship means and what, what that looks like. <laughs> and for some of us, we grew up in the church, so we always were around that word, and it's been ingrained and had meaning in a particular language. But take before Jesus, before you encountered Jesus... What did worship mean, or what was old music? Fair enough. Okay, something that grabs your attention and old music, something that grabs your attention. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> See, that's one of the things that um, I guess English doesn't do well when it comes to this. Our, lang- our language is pretty poor when it actually comes to being able to describe how to attribute honor and how to attribute and emphasize the glory of God. Um, God has revealed his glory and his splendor in all things. Actually, the word glory means brightness, bright shining, brighter than the sun, blinding, purity special spectrum like when you looked at david and he's playing the drums tonight it's just like those lights were shining out of him in there but but much brighter than that for for what what we're talking about of god and that's the glory and and when we talk about praise and worship that's sort of what we're talking about that but our language is really limited um i i i had a look at some stuff on sort of different places where our, our language is limited and I found some interesting words where English just seems to lack some meaning in translation. Kummerspeck is German. Anyone want to hazard a guess of what this word actually means? This is like playing balderdash right now. Give it a crack, because I can guarantee you're going to be wrong. So just give it a crack. A cucumber, a special German cucumber. Now, what this word actually means, which we don't have an equivalent for in English, is excess weight gained from emotional overeating. That's a word we need in our language, because we do that a lot, especially as Aussies. It literally means, if you had a literal translation of spec, it literally means grief bacon. That is a phenomenal word. Shemo Majomo. Shemo Majomo. Give us a definition. Make something up. When you lose weight. Okay. No, it's when you know you're really full, but your meal is just that delicious, you can't stop eating. I, I do that. I'm like, this just tastes so good. I can't eat anymore, but we're going to... Yeah, whenever you go to Sizzler, I've just got to fit that extra little bit in or Pizza Hut, all you can eat, yeah. This one's really good. Tartle. Like a turtle. No, it's, it's from the Scots, so I need, I need a ranger to give us a definition. <laughs> to move slowly. No, this is the word for that panicky hesitation just about when you have to introduce people, but you can't remember their name. 
That's when you experience that title. And I've got it, your name is Davis. There you go. Or Dorcas. Dorcas. Back Faye Fen and Geist. A back infection. No, this is a face that is badly in need of a fist. <laughs> you might, um, oh, don't, I shouldn't have clicked on that one. That's not cool. Bakushan. Backhand. What, what is it, Alex? This is the Japanese word for when a, a girl looks pretty from behind but ugly from the front. They actually have a word to describe that. That, that is an indictment on the whole Japanese language, isn't it, right there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's my feeling about it, Needle. There's just some really cool ones in here. Um, L'esprit de l'escalier. A scaly spirit. No, this is... This is literally when, when somebody gives you, like, pays you out and you walk away and then you think, that was the, that's what I should have said right then and there. That's the spirit, the Lascalia. It literally means um, a stairwell wit. But it's to describe that feeling that we get. And this is, this is one that a lot of us are experiencing this weekend. Desvelado. No, being unable to sleep or to be sleep deprived and not very pleasant after Friday. And this is, um, I know this one's funny. Tingo. A tingle. A tangle. No, this is when someone acquires a lot of items by borrowing off one of their friends or neighbors without returning them and building up their own collection of stuff. <laughs> And, and this is a word that I really need. This is one that I have to add to my language. Panapoal. No, it's like, hmm, where did I leave those keys? Trying to scratch your head, remembering something you've forgotten. Anyway, so English language, we don't have anything that, that meets half of them. And if you want to adopt some of them, I can give you the words later and so you can adopt them into your own vocabulary and we can try and assimilate them into the language of our culture here. But just like them, when it comes to praise and worship, English lacks in a, in a massive, massive way. And so we need to look back at what the Bible was written in to get a better understanding because there's actually up to about 10 different words in Hebrew that are translated as worship or praise. Um, generally, people refer to seven, but there's a couple of others that, that come in there. So I just want to talk for a, a few words tonight, just so we've got an idea of them, on what worship looked like for Hebrews and, and some words of, of worship and praise. And I've broken these down into different sections. The first, we're doing a Bible study tonight. We, we're getting in there. The first section is this, is, is reverence. And so there's a couple of words that mean reverence. Barak. Not Obama. <laughs> it means Obama. 
Yes. But it means reverence. What this literally means in Psalm 97, the psalmist is writing there, I fall on my knees before God in reverence. So you know that feeling when, when we're actually worshiping God and you're just like, I, I just have to get down on my knees right now before you because it, it's like you've walked in the room and I've just got to pay you, pay that honor that's there and and we 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 know that drawer in our hearts that comes there so an aspect of worship is that i'm I'm assuming we've experienced that that feeling at some point when we're singing or something all of a sudden it's like oh well that's that's there or it might be like you know when we we stand to sing the national anthem that's the same sort of thing it's that thing of and and you know or like i was watching a football game last year and they did the the, a minute silence for for some other thing and I remember being there, and there's guys yelling out through the crowd, and it's almost like the rest of the crowd just wanted to come over and use that German word, um, Geider, Feister, Geist, or whatever. That's a face needing a fist right now. Uh, because there was something wrong with that, because right there, reverence was needing to be paid. And so we have this word, worship, which doesn't seem to convey any of that. We use the word worship, and for us, that's, a slow song or something we think about. But when we talk about that whole what's it feel like when, when we've got in a minute silence or what is it when, when God, it feels like God walks in the room or what is it when like our, our, our prime minister or, or something like that walks in the room, this is, this is more a, a conveyance of what one, one of the aspects of worship is. Another word that fits in reverence is shabak. Did I get that pronunciation right there? You got no idea on that one? Oh, yes, okay, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to claim that one. This one means, so that where we, go, where we get Barak onto our knees, this one means actually to fall down on our face. So you know how you watch like some of the Eastern religions, how they worship and do their thing of the whole bowing down thing? That's actually something that the Hebrews did. They were down on their face before God. Maybe not sort of the whole up and down, woo, we're going to fan you with our hands thing, but actually laying flat prone on the ground. And if you read in your Bibles, there's a lot of places where like, the presence of God rocked up and people fell down like they were dead. They were shabucking at that point. It's just like, I just got to lay here because your glory's so intense that I just don't deserve to actually be standing near you. Psalm 29 says, give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. So it's just like coming down and going, God, I, I, you're just so amazing, I can't look at you right now. It's one of those things, lads, that'll, that'll happen on, on like your, your wedding day, that your bride walks down, you don't want to take your eyes off of it. It's just like, oh, I, I just feel like I'm going to defile her by even looking right now. I, I just almost need to turn away because in some ways I'm going to suck that, that beauty out, but no, she just needs to remain just in that perfect image. And, and that's sort of what's going on in here in these words. So we have these two words that really refer to this absolute, quiet, peaceful. And, and Michael went there tonight when he was leading us in worship. All of a sudden, the sound stripped back. It just got quiet. And then we were barucking and shabucking. We were worshipping, but we were doing one aspect of it, which is Barak Shabak, or Shabak Barak. 
in the midst there. Okay, and the next one then. So reverence, the next one, being loud in words. So the absolute opposite. Now, one of the things you'll notice in God a lot of the time is that God is what, I, I love this word, juxtaposition. It's just a fantastic word that describes God completely. God is full of completely polar opposite things going on. Uh, if he rocked into a room with a psychologist, they would just diagnose him bipolar going, dude, what's going on here? You're saying you love, you hate, you fear, love, you've got justice, you've got mercy. What Would you make up your mind here going on? But God just seems to grab these completely polar opposite things and meld them together and mesh them together. And he does it all the time and so wonderful. And so the next words are all about this. This word is something we hear in a lot in our language these days. Halal. And this is not about food that hasn't been strangled. This has nothing to do with meat at all, um, despite what butchers and Islam tries to tell us and all that. Halal literally means to be clamorously foolish, to make a loud expression, to be absolutely joyous and excited. Noodle, you've got, a, you got a, a shirt on there for a team called Yokohama Tires. Yeah, yeah. And so when Yokohama Tires are playing that round ball game, you're gonna, you get excited by them. And, and you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Chelsea, there you go, whoever she is. And, um, <laughs> but we do, those of us that like sport, we know how to halal. Our team scores, we get a bit silly. We watch guys playing round ball, playing soccer, or football, as some of you call it. You watch it, they pull their shirt over their head and they run around all crazy and they, they, they look like absolute nincompoops most of the time. They look very foolish and they're being clamorously about because they're celebrating and this is what this means. This is how we worship. We have this word praise, which means to tell someone, hey, you're pretty good at something. And yet, in God's language, when the Hebrews started talking about that, this is what it meant, to make some huge loud noise and to even look stupid about it, to get all excited about it. I don't know if you've seen those videos at weddings, going back to the wedding thing, where like the bride walks in and the groom just gets that excited. He just starts dancing like an absolute chicken most of the time. Or no, he's doing the flamingo dance, because flamingos dance to, to win their bride's love. And, and so they're just doing flamingo dances and they just look foolish. But this is what God means for us here, to boast, to rave, to celebrate, commend. Now, here's, here's one of the things for us. The Bible actually instructs us to do this in church. Psalm 22, 22. I will declare your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will halal you. So in the midst of gathering together in church... I'm going to act like an absolute dork in worship and praise God. Why? Because it's due to him and it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks because it's all about him and we're going to celebrate him. Another word, not Shabak, but Shabak. Shabak. This one means to address in a loud tone. And when, when Strong's talks about how to translate it, he then emphasizes that word loud. Okay? So we've gone from reverence to now two words that mean to absolutely be noisy 
about God. This is commend, glorious praise. And then we've got this other word, which is really cool. Ruah. Ruah. It's like there's a Q sound in there, and I can't work out how it goes. Ruah. Ruah. I'm going to have to check it out. What's, what's the W sound? Is there a Q sound for, for Hebrew in there? I think that's pronounced. Anyway, it doesn't matter how it's pronounced. What this word means is to shout like a war cry. Now, here's, here's the context of this one, because this one I think is really cool. Clap your hands, the church. Clap your hands, every nation. Require to God with cries of joy. So what's actually happening here is when we shout praises to God, it actually leads not just the church in worship, it leads all nations in worship. And so there's something about making a loud noise, a war cry that God is victorious. This is, this is going on more than just, wow, you're amazing, you've scored a goal, yeah, yeah. This is now declaring the victory of God recognizing that he has won the victory, that he already is victorious, and that there is no problem in our life that he's not just going to walk up and say that face deserves a fist. Straight to it. I've got to work out how to pronounce that German word and get that into my language right now. Because this is just what God is, and this is what we shout about, and this whole chapter is just great, because for the Lord Most High is awesome, the great king over all the earth, he subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. God has ascended amid shouts of joy. The Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets, sing praises to God. Sing praises, sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nation. God is seated on his holy throne, there's about four or five words in this entire psalm about praise and worship. The nobles of the nations assemble. Here it comes. So when we get the shout, the nobles of the nations assemble as the people of God of Abraham, for the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. So let me say this. When we're in church, it's okay to make loud noise. <laughs> it's okay to be loud it's okay to be fully so we've got two words there reverence which is feels like the absolute opposite of loud shouts and noise but the same words are used let me say this the words that are used those first two words are used more in the old testament than those other three i've just mentioned however when it comes to praise and worship of god the other three are used more than the first two and it talks about how we actually operate towards god that is so if you're doing maths and working out what percentage of your worship needs to be happening in different things. Let me say more loud than soft, apparently, if you want to do it that way. Next, next category is this, lifting hands. I feel sorry for the people that stand next to me in worship, especially after I've been leading worship or been setting up stages all day or anything like this. The first word is yada. Yada. And this means to hold out a hand, to throw out hands, to revere. So what this one looks like, you know how there's that thing when you go, yeah, you got it. Yeah, man, that's it. You get, like those big, going back to football, the big fingers. 
foam fingers where it's that point going, yeah, yeah, that's it. You got it. That's what this one is. Yeah, you're right. Your words are right. That's it. I get you, God. You are spot on with this one. And so we might get excited. You might have done that in worship and, and you're thinking, and you're thinking, I lift my hands in worship, but there's actually a couple of ways we do it. But yeah, Lord, I, that's who you are. Yeah, you are a mate. Yeah, that's, that's it. You are above all, all things. Yeah, God, this is, this is the truth about you. That's what you've done for me. I'm going it, to, this is the fist pump worship. Right there, yada is fist pump. Toda, toda is, is again lifting hands, but toda is in sacrifice. I, I just give it up. I, I've got nothing compared to you, Lord. I, I'm just in absolute surrender. So this is this, this fist pump and then, whoa, yeah. Okay, you got this, God. You got it. I, I'm, just, I'm just stepping back in that. And, and, or it might be the, whoa, whoa yeah, yeah, okay. I, I just got to try and catch what you're, you're pouring out on me right now. You, okay, it's just falling from hell. Let me just see if I can get there. Whoa, yeah, I, I got that. It, it, it's that, that sitting back in those ones. And then we get to the fourth category, which is music and song. First one is Zama. Zoma. Zoma. Which means to touch the strings or parts of a musical instrument. To strike a musical instrument with the fingers, to celebrate in song, to play, to make music accompanied by a voice. We just read in there, sing to the Lord, praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. That's what they're doing. Zama. This is what a lot of our worship is based around. David established it. He, he established a whole bunch of musicians to worship God. So there's Zama. And then the other one is Telaha. Telaha. Now, this one here is different from all the other words in Hebrew. All the other words are us making a declaration of faith about who we believe God is and who we know that he is. Telaha is the high praises of God. It is the sung praises of God, but there's something different because where the other praises are us operating in faith, so we're falling down in faith of, yep, you are, you are reverenced. We're, we're, we're declaring, yes, you are. We're, we're surrendering to him. We're making loud shouts about his victory and his, his wondrous. This one is God's now rocked up. He's now present with us. There is something going on when our heaven is transacted in earth and it's no longer a faith response. This is now a response in us to where he is in this current moment. The word says God is enthroned in the praises of his people. God is enthroned in the telaha of his people. It's where his manifest presence is residing. Those times when it's like God is in that room with us. God has just moved in. And he's just established himself here with us. Whoever I copied and pasted it off online. <laughs> Spelled it. That's all right. That's all right. So, so um, let me just break down because I'm a maths nerd. So in case you want to work out your percentages here of what your worship time would look like if you were Hebrew, 
Two nines of the time, you'd be reverencing. Three nines of the time, you'd be shouting. Two nines of the time, you'd be lifting your hands in the air. And two nines of the time, you'd be singing or making music in your worship, in your lifestyle. So all these outward actions that are going on. I, um, not even a quarter of the way through my notes, so I'm not going to really keep going through it all. But I, w- I want to say this to really just give us the, the full, full character of this. If you, if you look at what the Hebrew, the Hebrew words are, they're all about what it looks like. Hands lifted, singing, falling down, hearing the shouts. It's all outward expression of what's going on. Psalm 102 verse 18 says, we're going to record this. We're going to write this down because there's a future generation coming who are going to declare the praises of God. Now that word generation in there is dawa. What that literally means, it's not talking about the children. At the moment, what that word actually means, it's, it's a category of mankind. It's, it's an entire species, if you want to use that word for understanding. Now, we need to record that what, what the psalmist is actually saying. He's saying, we are going through tough times here. We're calling out to God. God's coming through. We're writing all this down because there is going to be coming another category of humans who are going to actually hear what God's done and then their role and their identity is going to be found in praise. That's actually what Peter was quoting when Psalm 122 verse 18, that's what Peter was referencing back to when he wrote his, his 1 Peter 2.9 in that time. Now, let me understand this generation there. Like I said, it's not your children. It's an entire new category of people. You see, Adam established the lineage of humans. But when Jesus came, he was the second Adam. He wasn't born of an earthly father. He was born of a heavenly father, but of an earthly mother. And he became what said the second Adam and started a whole new sort of species. So the church now comes under the second Adam, the new creation. As we've been joined into Christ, we've come under that and a new creation where our identity is now found as the psalmist prophesied in praise. That's what what Peter was saying, that we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Why? For the praise of the glory of God. So what that looks like is the praise that we actually inherit takes all those words and all that Hebrew stuff further because all that stuff was on the outside and Jesus said they will, there's coming a time when true worshippers will worship not just in truth, not just in the knowledge of who God is, not just in faith, not just in the right actions, but they'll worship in spirit, which is our mind, our will, our emotions. And so when you actually look at the New Testament words, which I won't go through now, they actually refer to an inward heart condition. So whereas the Hebrew words for worship and praise refer to external, the New Testament words actually refer to the internal motivation. And when you actually look at this, what it actually looks like for us when we gather together is you could have someone over here that has an internal motivation to worship and honor God who's halaling and just absolutely excited and making all this joyous noise and they're and they're just shouting. 
And over here, you could have someone who has an internal motivation of praise and worship and honor and an internal, um, what is the word, proscunio going on inside them who's falling on their knees and absolutely quiet. And those two people can be in the same room and not interfered by each other and not upset at each other and totally okay with each other because there's freedom in worship and the heart behind it's all the same and that's why there's going to be songs that you don't like that we're going to worship with. And there's going to be songs that you absolutely connect with and love that you worship with. And, and we do it. We, in, we do some songs that we've got a whole generation in our church that a, a large bunch of them don't like. But they know the heartbeat behind them and they worship them. And that goes both ways. Some of us don't like hymns much. I found out a terrible thing last night. I was just absolutely devastated. It was so some of the most devastating news in the last two days, yesterday. found out, number one, my wife does not enjoy punk music. Or ska. I, I just couldn't, I just don't understand that. And then, one of my key worship leaders, Michael, he doesn't like punk music. I, I'm just like, I just don't, I don't get it. I really, I really don't. This, this is the Taylor heart of our Lord God Almighty. Punk was invented just to bring the high praises and the presence of God into the rear. <laughs> but we all like different stuff. Yeah, see, some, there are churches that do screamo music as their worship. It happens. Country and or Western. Yeah. There's a certain type of country that works really well for worship, actually. Third Day, the largest worship band in the world. Actually, Hillsong might have passed them now. They have, but Third Day, for a long while, was the leading worship band in the world. They're straight country and western. And, um, yeah. Father, we just really want to get a grip on what it means to bring you worship and praise and adoration and Lord, we, we have these couple of words in our language which just do not pay significance to what it truly means to honor you. And so Lord, tonight we just had a look at some, some of the, the origins of, of what's written in the word. And Lord, as we approach Christmas, we, we think about the fact that there were some wise men who came to quietly worship you. And yet in that very same moment, there were angels who were making loud singing declarations in front of some shepherds who just got excited and had to run to see what was happening that they were just proclaiming about. Lord, so whatever you need from us, we just want to give it to you. But Lord, we just thank you that Holy Spirit, you're inside us to lead us in worship. And Lord, we, we know in, in that actually, that in the Hebrew expression, Lord, music wasn't necessarily the major part. And so, Father, even tonight, we just want to end on that and just end in a place where we are just saying, Lord, you are God. We have absolute trust in you, and we thank you for the victory. We thank you that you have won every fight we're ever going to face. Lord, we just thank you that you are just absolutely victorious. And, Lord, at the same time, 
We're in absolute awe of who you are, your beauty, your splendor, your majesty. is so much beyond anything we've ever witnessed anywhere else or ever grabbed hold of or ever seen, Lord. And, and, and for us, we, we just, Lord, we look at you and we, we, we come to grips with that and we just go, Lord, we're not, as we look at ourselves, Lord, we're not worthy. And yet then you declare that we are worthy and, and that you look at us and you see your son. And that mystery we don't get, Lord. And so we just go, bless you, Dad. Praise you in that Barak, Shabak. Lord, we just want to declare the Telaha, praises of the Most High King. And we thank you that in our worshiping lifestyle, that's who we are. So as we go this week, Lord, we want to continue on in worship, continue on in praise and, and glory. In the name of Jesus. Actually, side note, I was just thinking about that. I had a friend who used to tell me that angels, there's no record, angels don't sing because there's no recording of angels singing in the, in the Bible. And um, there's been a couple of instances uh, in gatherings of Christian worship where angels have been caught on tape singing. The whole congregation goes quiet and yet there's still the, the song that's going on and it's really cool to hear. Um, and so the people tell me, oh, that's just fake because... Angels don't sing in the Bible. Yet where it says in Luke chapter 2 that they came and, and declared the glories of God, the praises of God, when Jesus came, that word there actually means to sing the praises of God. Side note. To, um, to add more, more stuff in there. I mean, if you want prayer, make sure you grab someone to pray for you. Um, we do need to actually, yeah, we do need to pack down stage tonight. Spirit and side rooms and back room, make sure they're Yay! Amen. Everyone's stunned and sitting there. Does that mean you're thinking or you have questions? We can talk. I'm happy to talk. Sorry? How was my day? Good, thank you. I came to church and then I prepared a message. 